You are listening to Weight Loss Made Real, and this is episode 133. I'm your host, master weight loss coach and author, Cookie Rosenblum. Today and every Tuesday, I'm here to teach you and coach you how to end your emotional eating, lose that extra weight, and how to leave all your overeating habits in the past. If you just found me, welcome. And if you are a regular listener, welcome back. Our subject for today is why deciding what to eat ahead of time really works. So get comfortable and get ready to be coached by me. Now, before we begin, I want to remind you, as always, that this episode of Weight Loss Made Real is brought to you by the Freedom Group. The Freedom Group is for smart women and men, just like you, who are tired of diets and are ready to stop eating from stress and learn how to make more space for more happiness in their life. You can learn more about the Freedom Group in the show notes of this episode. Now let's get started with today's coaching session. Here's what we're going to cover. I want to explain to you why I decided to give you a coaching session on this topic. I want you to know why this common rule, planning what you're going to eat ahead of time, why this common rule really does make sense. You know, the weight loss industry always used to say that you should plan ahead because it would help you feel more in control, make a plan and stick to it. That was part of how they try to motivate you to do the right thing, eat the right thing in the moment. But now we know so much more about how our brains work that I still recommend as you're learning to eat naturally to plan what you're going to eat ahead of time. And I also recommend that you plan how you're going to deal with your moods and what you're going to do for self-care, for love. So here's what we're going to cover. I want to talk about how you decide what to eat and when to eat right now and why very likely this is not working for you why you may resist planning your food, because many of you do. But I'm going to help you understand exactly why this works. And of course, I will give you your action step. So let's dive into the subject. First, let's take a look at how you decide what to eat and when to eat right now. Well, if you're anything like all the people I've worked with, mostly you decide what to eat and when to eat by triggers. They might be emotional triggers, social triggers, general habits, And what is a trigger? Well, it's something that reminds you of what you used to do or what you currently do. And to streamline your thinking, your brain, when it's triggered, tries to get you to do what you've done in the past. So for an emotional connection to food, an emotional trigger, for example, when you're trying to decide when to eat, you might do it when you're triggered emotionally from feelings like being tired, worn out. Tired is a physical feeling, but feeling worn out is a mental feeling. Stress, of course, even happiness, worried, sad, angry, all of those feelings could be making you decide when to eat right now. And deciding what to eat based on that emotional connection to food might come from food associations that you connect 
mood with food that comforts you, or at least you think it does. You might also be basing it on what looks good, what tastes good, what other people are eating, or what you're telling yourself you deserve, right? So those are emotional connections, emotional triggers that help you decide right now when to eat and what to eat. And that's not what I want you to do. So let's take a look at what some social triggers for you to decide when to eat and what to eat are. Well, when it comes to figuring out when to start eating, if you think about social triggers, it might mean that celebrations trigger you to eat. That's what you associate with a celebration. It might mean that going to a restaurant in your mind means splurging. And it might also mean in your mind that travel and different occasions also mean splurging. When you're deciding what to eat, if you're triggered socially, it might be thoughts that you want to be like everybody else. You don't want to be different. You don't want to miss out on something. And you might think about special or special treat foods because of dining out or celebrating telling yourself that you have no choice. Habits, things you've always done, food you've always eaten at certain times, with certain people, for certain emotions. After social triggers, let's take a look at habits, which are just things you've always done, right? Food that you've always eaten at certain times, with certain people, for certain emotions. So if you are triggered to do an old habit, when you eat is going to be determined by the clock, what time it is. It's mealtime, it's snack time, it's been four hours since I ate. You might just grab something in the moment, on the run, without thinking. That's how you would decide when to eat based simply on habit, not on necessity. And habit can also help you determine, not in a good way, what to eat, because you might just grab whatever is available and easy and takes the least amount of effort with very little thought. I think this way doesn't work because when you're eating this way, you have to step back and decide what's in charge of your eating right now. Is it your body or is it your brain? Because in the case of when to eat and when to stop, the goal is to listen to your body and hear what it needs and hear when it needs it. Eating based on triggers, the triggers we just talked about, emotional, social, and general habit triggers is not tuning into your body. It's all based on your lower brain. And this doesn't work. When you don't plan ahead, you're making an eating decision in the moment. And in the moment, your lower brain will take over. It will bring you right to your old habits. Remember the lower brain's goal or function is to help you seek pleasure, avoid pain, exert as little energy as possible. So when your lower brain is triggered, its response is really fast. Food is pleasure to your body and your brain. You see food and you want food, regardless of what your body needs. Your lower brain in the moment without planning ahead tricks you into thinking food is always what you want. Now, maybe in the moment that feels true to you, but not in the long term or the big picture. You already know this. That isn't in your best interest to just reach for what you want just because you see it, just because it looks good. That kind of acting, that kind of behavior won't help you reach your goal of ending emotional eating, ending the struggle with food, and of course, becoming a natural eater. 
that lower brain's goal to have you exert as little energy as possible, it has a purpose. It takes over when habits are needed. It saves you energy. It makes decisions easier, but it keeps you acting from habit. It keeps you on autopilot. And if the habits that you have now are not serving your body or your goals, then even though you want to do and eat differently, you're going to feel like you're out of control and you can't get yourself to do what you really want to do. So you need to undo old habits and create new ones that serve your body and your goals. So how do you do this? With planning ahead to build new habits. But I know that you may resist planning. So let's talk about why. You might associate planning with that old diet approach that we talked about in the beginning of this session. Remember that it used to be that you planned ahead because you were on a diet, because it gave you a false sense of control. It gave you structure and it probably gave you a list of allowed foods, but you couldn't stick with it mainly because you weren't addressing the real reasons you wanted to eat when you weren't hungry. So eventually those diet rules go out the window and you're off the plan. The old way of planning and the old reasons for planning didn't really help you stick to anything. Now, another reason you may resist planning ahead for what and how you'll eat is that you may think it takes too much time, right? Or you're just too busy for that. And many of us rebel against any type of guideline at all, even if it's in your best interest. But planning ahead actually does work. And here's why. Today, we know so much more about the brain than we did 10 years ago, even five years ago. We know that our higher brain performs executive functions for us, helps us make decisions. It gives us guidance that's actually in our best interest. It allows us to act from our highest level of intelligence. When we plan ahead, we're using our executive function. And in a way, planning ahead is like programming your brain to serve your highest good. You're creating a new program that says, here's what I want to do in this situation. For example, when you're coming home from work, you're tired, you're worn out, or you're dining out with friends, or somebody cooks something for you and you're not hungry, or when the food tastes really good, but you're physically satisfied already. When these situations come up, your brain is going to search for what you should do. If you didn't plan, your brain is going to help you revert to your old default habits. It's going to go with pleasure and with habit. But if you planned ahead, it's going to come up with your plan. You're starting to build that new habit, those new pathways to replace the old ones. It may take several or even quite a few attempts to default to what you planned before your brain gets the message that you want to access your plan and before it gets easy to do the new plan. But once you get over the hump of responding in a new way, once you do this, you'll see that you're responding to situations like a natural eater. So if everyone is ordering food, but you're not hungry, or you're not very hungry, at least a little hungry, then you can order a small side salad instead of a whole meal. 
When you get home from work and you're feeling worn out, you might normally snack absentmindedly. Instead, you can learn, if you think ahead, to ask yourself if you're truly hungry or just tired, and then maybe drink a glass of refreshing water with lemon or iced tea or anything else refreshing and sit down and put your feet up for a few minutes instead of snacking. Then when you're ready, you can prepare that good meal that you planned for dinner. Or you see a commercial while watching television after dinner. It's for a food that you love. You recognize that you're not hungry and you don't need to eat just because you see food that you like. So you ignore the thought that you should go get something, which remember is just a suggestion. And you just continue in enjoying your television show without an extra unneeded snack. How do you start doing this planning ahead? I want you to remember that learning to plan ahead is just like any other habit. Decide what you want to get yourself to do and then start small. Keep practicing every day and expect to fall down. But when you do, don't give up and don't get discouraged. Don't make it mean anything bad about you. It takes time to replace old habits. So you know that in every session, I'm going to give you an action step. And here's what I want you to do this week. I want you to plan your food for one day, the day before, or the morning of that day, what you're going to eat approximately, and where, and when, and of course, the fact that you're going to wait to be hungry to eat, nicely hungry. Use your body's signals for hunger to know when to start, and use your body's signals for physical fullness to know when to stop. There are two simple little keys to make this planning ahead easier and make it easier for you to choose your new plan instead of go to the old low brain habit. And one of them is to make sure that you have the food that you want available, right? That your fridge or your pantry is stocked with what you need. And whether you're at work or in your car or you're carrying it around with you, take a few minutes and make sure you have what you need. And the second part of that is make sure it's accessible to you, easy to get to, easy to prepare fairly quickly, not something that requires a one hour long recipe so that when you're hungry, you can't honor the hunger and you're going to want to go into the old habit. So do this for one day and see how it goes. And if you're in my Weight Loss Made Real group on Facebook, the free group, keep me posted there and let me know how that one day goes for you. That's it for our coaching session today. You now know what you're going to stay focused on and you know exactly what action step you'll want to take this week. Remember that if you'd like help from me to end your emotional eating, the place to get that on a deeper level is the Freedom Group. We're closed for new members right now, but we will open soon. So grab your spot on the wait list, which you can find in the show notes, and I'll see you there together. And that is where we can work together. I do hope to see you back here next week where we will continue to work on your emotional eating and that habitual overeating habit step by step until they both become something you used to do, because we both know that's your ultimate goal, of course. So for now, this is your coach, Cookie, reminding you that as you search for answers, keep it real, just like you, and I will see you next week.